0: Welcome to this week's episode of Fintech Insider News. We're coming to you live from our Airbnb flat in the sunset neighborhood of San Francisco. Are we in the sunset neighborhood of San Francisco? San Francisco people? Inner sunset. sunset. Jesus, San Francisco people are weird. We're in the inner sunset neighborhood of San Francisco. I have no clue what that means. I'm Sam Maul. I'm joined by my 11FS work sons, Ollie Judge and Michael Bailey. We've recorded a State of the Union show last night. We prepped for our San Francisco After Dark show, which will be tomorrow. Both of those are
1: garbage. Tell us about what's happening tonight. (laughs) Tonight? Yeah, the tonight show is
0: good. However, we have bought groceries at Safeway like five freaking times. We've walked up and down that hill. Ollie's cooked two breakfasts, two dinners. He's drank a lot of beers in between that. We watched Liverpool bounce Man City out of Champions League today. I got a kick-ass haircut from two Irish ladies that live down the street and we're fine. It takes
1: two people to cut your
0: hair. Well, they were from Ireland, and we chatted, so I thought it was really cool. All right? Anyways, enough about all that crap, because John has already been giving me a hard time. So let's talk about the guests we have sitting around the table. So joining us today, Dan Macklin. He's a semi-retired Englishman who resides in San Francisco. He putters around in his Fiat convertible.
2: Fiat, right? It's not a convertible. It is (laughs) your electric Fiat, because
0: he's so American now. He was once the co-founder of some small startup called SoFi. How are you doing, Dan?
2: I'm doing well. Good it, to be here, Sam.
0: We have finally met. We have talked on the phone yep, and given each have, other crap. We have her now. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, this would be the one and only time Dan McLachlan is on this um, podcast. Then we have. it's Dan's fault. All right, Yulia. I say the name right?
3: Yes. And the surname
0: is. No, I'm Ta- not saying it.
3: Tarasava
0: which is from Belarus originally. You also lived in Kenya, and where else have you lived? God knows.
3: Um, London. I was on the East Coast in New York for a long time, and now San Francisco. You're like my hero.
0: You're
4: (laughs) one of the co-founders
0: of C-Note. And we are going to take a picture of her laptop, because she actually says on her laptop, the face of it, hi, I created (laughs) C-Note. Talk to me. Best brand advertising I've ever seen. And we're going to talk about C-Note a little bit later to get a better idea of exactly what that is. Then we have Divine. And I'm going to say it. AKA Victor Lombard, that is the only time we're gonna say Victor <laughs> Lombard on this show. Because he is Divine.
5: Victor D. Lombard.
4: Victor D. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. So Divine's a great friend of mine, great rapper, artist, co-founder of Black Tech. Moved from Brooklyn to Silicon Valley. Yeah. About how
5: long ago? Uh a month.
0: A month now? Oh, my God. All
5: that right. It's been a
0: while. Yeah. Enough that he's still wearing a Mets hat, which is weird. <laughs> if you haven't listened to my uh, Connection Interrupted podcast interview with Divine, you have to. One, you're dead to me if you haven't listened to it. I didn't listen to that. John's dead Sorry. to me. He's right. gone. But it is actually one of the best podcasts. Michael, who's in the room, um, Divine actually went through his playlist and said, here's some goody tracks that kind of describe my life. And Michael wound those in to that interview. Yeah, and didn't it. he kill it? He killed it. It was great. Killed it. All right. And last but not least... <laughs> Wapsh, you fuck. John (laughs) Wapsh, you fuck, who just wandered into our flat. So I asked him to be on the show. He's also the head of innovation at Kasasa. He's a published author. What's the name of the book? Nobody knows. Uh, come on. It's a good book. What was the name of the book?
1: Bankruption. Bank Bankruption. Yeah. And that's the only time we'll mention that book for the rest uh, of this night. So with that, let's The get- over-under on his 12. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna get I got a few more to go.
0: I want to see how he works that in. It's actually a very good book targeted to would you say mid-tier banks? Mid to small tier banks?
1: Everybody. Everybody should read it, buy a copy, buy two. They're great to get for Christmas. Shameless plug.
0: Shameless plug. You're allowed to do shameless plugs. All right, let's get into the news. This has been a fascinating day. Again, we're in San Francisco. Um, what is the day today? Um, the 10th of April when we're recording this? This is the day that Mark Zuckerberg went before Congress and testified. So I think we might start with that because there's way too many stories. I do need to give a plug though. All the stories we talk about today are from our 11FS and FinTech Insider community. We have, it's called fintechinsidernews.com. Check it out for the latest industry news and sign up to get involved and discuss the stories with everyone on the show in our community. So take a look at that. So the first one, uh, Facebook goes to Congress. Zuck was, as everyone loves the call him, was up in front of Congress today. I think I missed most of
1: that. Have any of you watched any of the testimony today? It was incredible. I did watch it. <laughs> was it theater? Um, embarrassingly enough, I was, I was working in a hotel, so I was like, uh, I, "I saw." I, I started at like twelve thirty, so I think I saw every minute of it.
0: Yeah. Wow. One he was in a suit. Which one of the funniest tweets was there's some dead intern at Facebook who has no <laughs> clothes on right now. So he was in a full suit.
1: Yeah, he was in a suit. He looked great. I'll tell you one thing. I mean, here's the thing. So, so Zach, first of all, or Mark or whatever hell people call him, everyone was like, "He's going to crumble in front of everybody. He did a great job. Kept his composure, yeah. super chill. I mean, it was, uh, it was exciting to watch him up there. The, I, personally, I felt, um, as I was watching it, I felt like, uh, you know, there's a lot of jokes you can make about generational divide. I, I read some of those on Twitter. I get it. But I honestly felt sad. I felt sad for our country. Like, you know, here you had a guy who literally, I mean, controls a huge part of the world whether he wants to believe it or not. How many
0: users are on Facebook? Billion, two billion, A billion. A billion. No, yeah, two billion, billion? Two billion.
1: Two okay. billion. Two billion. And the other side of, you know, everybody who's asking questions also controlled the free world. And they were both talking to each other like they were aliens. And it was just, it was a, it was a very interesting thing to kind of be a part of. And it just, uh, it, uh, to me, it wasn't as inspirational as maybe it should have been. It, it felt more sad than anything else. It felt like, goodness gracious, you know, Mark, perhaps you should go back, really think about the power that you can, that you have on this world and. And really affects some dramatic change. You know, instead of just giving the middle finger to the government because that's a fun thing, flipping thing to do, instead, really think about the power that you have and and shape this world as he's already done and you know, and with his money, do it, do it through the through the system. So here's the
0: funny thing at this table, right? There's four of us sitting around talking about this. So Divine, John, myself, we're all, you know, originally from the US. But but Daniel. Europe coming over, right? And not like you've got it, the world figured out over there, too. So, but, but still, living here in the U.S. and watching this, th- do you just look at this and go, oh, God, just, is there hope? Because when I look at – here's my own personal take on this. When I look at Congress and when I look at the regulatory side, it's always a decade to two decades behind. I think that's a safe comment to make, and especially in our industry, right, when we're talking about financial services. I mean, Dan, your experience with SoFi, how did you treat regulators?
2: Well, I, on the Facebook thing, I think today's stuff is somewhat theatre. Um, I think that the politicians want to be seen to be doing something, but but like you know, John just said, the questions that were coming at Zuckerberg weren't probably the hardest hitting that they could be, probably because most of the people are not like Facebook's core audience, right. they, they, or they just that that's not that's not their thing, so. Um, so I think it, it makes news headlines. It keeps us all busy for for a while, but uh, I think the business will survive. And you know,
1: there'll be a lot of fun bits on Jimmy Kimmel and yeah, stuff. You yeah. know, I mean, it, there, there's some funny snippets of people I, asking. I don't think got questions. solved
2: today.
0: I don't, no, I don't, nothing
1: I, got solved, and there was a lot of grandstanding. So, Uly, sure. so, so,
0: yeah. I'm curious. Uh, a couple days ago, you know, the headlines were Mark Zuckerberg says that um, there should be more regulation around tech when it comes to this. Do you think? Again, that's just. Musical theater, or do you think that's? They really, <laughs> I'm sorry, because you're going to be like I'm nuts. Do you really think he meant that when he said yes? There should be more regulation put against us, especially when it comes to, like political ads or targeting. News?
3: Yeah, I think I think one thing that. Um you, you kind of like have to think about uh, users and also like can, it's almost like you know can you protect like users against yeah. users? You know sometimes it'll, a lot of people say you know like people 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 already put so much stuff on Facebook, so you kind of like have to blame users for putting those, so much stuff on Facebook to begin with. And you know Facebook they just operate with the information that they have, right? So in the end of the day, who is responsible? Is it us? You know who's putting all the information up there, or is it Facebook who you know just manage this information, right? And 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 can do something with this so and, and i think well, they it didn't
1: in- really manage the information i mean that is the the flip side i think that is part
0: of the issue is yeah. is that trust side of it yeah. and, and and i think there was actually another funny comment that was made uh, to mine uh, that i liked. uh senator lindsey graham all right no judgmental comments coming out of me on lindsey but he did have a funny part of this where he looked at me and he goes who's your biggest competitor and Zuck kind of sat there and he went, I'm, I think he kind of struggled to answer that, right? Right, right. And he said, basically, are you Monopoly? And he goes, no, we're not.
5: Yeah, I heard, I heard <laughs> about the wow. Monopoly Okay, cre- based on the laughter I heard in about the room. Monopoly question.
0: Yeah, I mean, do, do you buy into that? Facebook's Monopoly. I mean, come on. Yeah. Allie-
5: I mean, what I, what I thought was, I was what constitutes a Monopoly, first of all, and is in the, does, does Facebook actually fit that description of what a Monopoly really is, right? Yeah. I, I don't know.
0: Well, I think when you listen, I mean, oh my God, so let's, let's do this. Google, Apple… Amazon. Who, who are their competitors outside of China? China out of the way, and you look in the U.S. I mean, that's
1: that's the uh, big.
5: But, but, but the thing is, with monopolies, is you're not allowing other people in. Yeah, that's a Depends good point. Industry, though, it's not, well, you're blocking them out. They're, they're locked out for some reason, or some way. There's
1: there's plenty of room for somebody it, to come in. Exactly. Around. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and it was is obviously trying to make his play for what he wants to do. But what were you, you going to say?
3: I was just thinking when you start talking about Monopoly or not, to me, Facebook is almost becoming a lifestyle, right? It's someone's decision to do, you know to do something with the life, right? And there's a lot of research how people who feel lonely and this and that, you know, like they're putting more stuff up there or people who want to brag about themselves. And so, you know, I think it's, it's everyone's decision to be there or not. And so, uh, I don't, again, to me, I don't look at them as, as, as a company, you know, to me, it's almost like it's a, it, it's a part of our life. It's a social norm right now, right? Yeah. Or for someone, it's, for someone's a social norm, for someone is not, but it's, it's, To me it's our decision. Uh,
2: and I, th- I, I think that's the difficult thing because with all the news that came out, people were kind of uh, pretending to be appalled by it, but very few people I've met have deleted their, their profile. Yeah. People I think are now kind of reliant on Facebook for how they interact with their friends and it's become those senators. Yeah, exactly. every, every single one of them. I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm to no, it's just to the point where it's not as simple as just deleting an app. I think it, it's big. For many people, it's a much bigger part of their life and it's the way they interact with people. Um, so. And you know, if you're
1: dumb nice enough thing. to take a cert, sur- I, I don't, I don't, I don't, maybe Go I'm ahead. biasing the room by asking, but, but has anybody gotten the notice that your information no. was taken? No, yeah. No, I haven't either. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I mean, email. to be frank, I think it's uh, a, little, <laughs> nah. no, no, you can, you can do the little thing and Facebook will tell you. So you can hit the little link and Facebook tells you your information's fine. Um, and my information is fine because i didn't i, I don't do personality IQs you don't do the stupid quizzes that <laughs> constantly quizzes. it around like how much yeah. oh, do they really know about what you when what I, I, I crap for yeah. you know uh, you get, yeah, a little bit of it. it's the uh, uh, you know a darwin sort of thing so so
0: let's 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 shift a little bit this whole first segment's basically on facebook but again you look where we're at right I and mean, we're in the heart of it. Yeah. Um,
1: well, actually, we're on the sunset side. Of I'm the sorry, park. inner sunset. We're in the inner heart side
0: of God. <laughs> we have learned a lot about San Francisco, man. Don't call it Frisco. Don't call it oh, San Fran. Oh no, Jesus, Mark, no, look yeah. at that. Yeah, you're not allowed. I learned that last
1: night. you right? no, really? Love rice here. Is this the, <laughs> is that really the San Francisco treat? It, it yeah. is. It a, is maybe. an amazing. We can't tell you what, the San Francisco treat. Devon yeah. got a box <laughs> of it on his doorstep. and That's, in sure. that's just outer
0: sunset. All right, so. But there's a second story, and I think this one's actually very relevant, and I and I like this one. So, um, a, a, a couple years ago, Mark Zuckerberg did an interview with Kara Swisher from Recode, right, where he sat on stage, and it's called the Sweat Attack, right, where she, Kara, basically, she's one of my, I love her podcast. By the right? way, it
1: was like eight years ago. But it's a great. <sighs> I she know, but doesn't him. it feel just like a couple to an old guy like you? Oh God. <laughs>
0: You have more gray hair than me. You have more hair than me. But you also have more gray hair than me. Oh, John. so
1: gray. Yeah, I know. That's,
0: but but Kara, she, her podcast is outstanding, I think. Recode, Decode is a great one. And she's a very good interviewer. And she actually went off, when she knew that um, Mark Zuckerberg was going to go before Congress, she actually had a, an article, in Politico talks about this, that she basically blasted Washington and the press for saying, you're, and this was before today, saying, you're not going to ask squat. And here, here's her, here's what she wrote. Mark Zuckerberg is one of the richest people on earth. He's an adult. He's, he's a 30 something year old male who's been an executive for a while. He can answer questions like he's a CEO. He founded the company, stopped juvenilizing men here in Silicon Valley. She proposed this direct line of questioning. What the hell happened with Cambridge Analytica? Please tell us in detail and in triplicate, and don't ask him anything else. And I didn't see it today, but my <laughs> like assumption that. is in triplicate that wasn't asked today. <laughs> they danced around to everything else.
1: Yes. That, well, I don't, I'm not sure they danced around. I mean, to, to Dave's point, uh, is it, can I call you Dave? You can yeah. call him Dan. Dan? Okay. Well, I just I, I like the name Dave. <laughs> but you got
5: to call you Dave. You call me Dave. The question was, can I call you Dave? <laughs> I like, oh, was like, yeah, yeah, you can call me that. Like Dave. Dave's
0: in the living room <laughs> raising his hand like he wants to join. All right, so
1: Dan. But, but t- to your point, I mean, th- there was definitely a divide there. And, and I think people struggled with what exactly to ask. And also there was grandstanding. So so there was no time for Mark to even answer some of the more poignant questions. And thankfully, Mark got in a very important point, but he had to answer the exact same point probably four different times, which was each time someone would say, so when you sell your information to advertisers, he had to re-explain. No, here's the deal. You're a ski store, and you want to sell skis to somebody. You target, and we transfer the information. We do all this stuff. And so he's like, we never sell the information to advertisers. And and it was really interesting that so many of those senators replayed an argument that has been heard in people's heads by the media, by podcasts, perhaps. Who knows? Not this one, but (laughs) others. That that Facebook was, you know... was somehow selling this data to advertisers, giving this data to advertisers, and it was totally not what happened at all. It was like all this uproar is actually around something that is bad, but it's in bad. It's bad in a totally different way. Like, why are we having a discussion around something so completely false?
0: So here's what's interesting in this room. Okay, um, outside of John the ass. The three of you are company founders. Sorry, John. The three of you have helped found companies, right? All of you. And also in the room, we have um, Ohad Do you realize
1: Samet. I also was a company founder? And you
0: wrote a book. No one cares. <laughs> but Ohad is in the room also. So we have Ohad Summit, who's from True Accord, right? Hey, Ohad. And and we're going to play in the mic. Pradeep. Um, Pradeep. Pradeep, Pradeep was also a company founder. So we Pradeep. have folks that have founded fintech companies in this area, right? And the reality is, and, and uh, this is an overused phrase, but data... And how you use that data, and how you mine the data, and how you apply the data is everything, right? Yes. Sir.
3: Well, remember that Facebook is actually almost trying to become a fintech company, right? They, they they actually have a fintech department in there <laughs> that is, you know, figuring out what products and services they can. Give to their users just because they have so much data on right. them, right? And they can know exactly when they need a loan, when they need a loan for a wedding, when they need, you know, open an well, account. What are you trying to bring this
1: to banking? What? <laughs> this is an
0: important. But point,
3: I think it's, this is a great point, right? Like more, more, so, more. You know about the users. So right? let's
0: do two things real quick, and then Dan, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to you. So quickly, give me like the 30 second pitch. What is C Note? For listeners that aren't familiar with it,
3: yeah. So C Note, it's a women-led fintech company um, that really here to redesign the finance, um, what it stands for, and who it serves. And the way we do that is we create competitive products um, that really have social impact embedded in it. So our first product, which is C Note Savings, uh, it's a uh, it's a product where you can earn 35 x more on your cash um, by investing in underserved communities in the United States. So women, low income, minorities.
0: So so also on that note, Divine, let's go to you. So black tech, the, the concept behind black tech. Black what is it you want to do?
5: I mean, yeah, we're trying to we're trying to empower the financially excluded to build wealth, the unbanked, the underbanked, um, disadvantaged communities, underprivileged communities, empower them to get on the pathway towards wealth building.
0: So, Sofi, Dan, the original when you guys put the idea together, what was the the concept there?
2: Financial services for the next generation. We started with student loan refinancing, spread to mortgages and personal loans and then um now, SoFi Money's coming out, the whole kind of checking account equivalent, um, and, and beyond many products in the pipeline. Oh, I, I left in June. Right. Yeah.
0: Dr- to drive his fiat, his electric fiat. All right. And then one more founder. And even though we do have another one sitting in the living room. So, Ohad with True Accord. What's True Accord?
4: True Accord is using machine learning and carefully curated content to radically change the user experience and debt collection for consumers. So we collect for banks, debt buyers... Uh, lenders, some of them maybe in this room, um, and we improve what the consumers experience in that collection. We collect better. We increase consumer happiness. We serve them the way they want by giving them the communication channels they want and the payment uh Arrangements that they want and basically everybody wins.
0: And then and then John. All right. So I, I love giving John a hard time because he never stops giving me a hard time.
1: But <laughs> it's, Kisasa, right. it's, so- only, it's only been fourteen years. Yeah, I know. It's- so Cassassa. We help we help credit unions and community banks get younger account holders. So consumers.
0: Every single one of you, right? Data and how you use data and access to that data, right? <laughs> Is everything. Am I am I wrong here?
1: hundred percent. Oh, you're 100 wrong. 100 wrong. Right? <laughs>
0: wrong. He is such a rat bastard. Why? Whose idea was it to bring <laughs> him on the show? Oh, it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're the asshole who invited me. It's your fault. I mean, that's. I mean, that's reality, though, right? It's all right? about
2: data. So, and what were you going to say? Yeah. I, I was going to say, um, since I left SoFi, I've been advising early stage startups, and it's amazing. When I speak to them and I say, how are you getting your customers? And, th- and these are early companies, so that, you know, they're just starting. <laughs> Facebook is almost always the first thing they say or the second thing wow. they say. Really? And, um, you know, maybe the people around the room are using it. We certainly used it at SOFI. So there's a customer acquisition channel, yeah. Absolutely. Is the, the ability to be able to target a particular type of person is what facebook provides Absolutely. and the companies in silicon valley especially but around the country are using that so it shouldn't you know the fact that, that your data is being used in this way i don't think is a surprise to people around here because we're all like making the most of that in in terms of targeting right. uh if if you weren't aware of that then 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 maybe it's a surprise but it's a phenomenal place to find customers and that's why they're worth the billions of dollars that to,
1: to mark's point he's not selling you lists of names and right. all of their addresses right. and everything else. Right. It's very targeted and they own it all. They control it all. And you're on the other side saying, Hey, you know what? This is how much I have to spend. This is the type of person I want. You go make it happen. Facebook. It's, it's reach, Right. Yeah. You got yeah. it. So, right. so
0: divine. So this is a, so conceptually, right? You're going through the different seed rounds now, right? For, for the idea you have with black right, tech. Right, so how you target, a, a specific community or segment, right, is is prevalent, and that's front and center for you.
5: Absolutely, absolutely, and I, and Facebook is one of our channels, right? We create a, a robust uh, group that that, that we, we provide information and content to, yeah. And we and we get the grassroots, you know, excited about what we're doing. We get them involved because it's social impact driven, and Facebook is is, is really the ground for that.
3: Yeah, what I want to build on is it's not only the data, like the data points, oh you're married, you're not, how many kids, and cetera, But it's also the behavior, and this Absolutely. is I think what's so critical, <laughs> especially when you think about money, Agreed. investing Agreed. in everything. It's Agreed. so much there, yeah. and, and 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 especially I think right now <laughs> as we build this, you know, new financial products, really thinking about you know using user centric approach and really thinking about you know how people make the decisions, what they do, how they do it, when they do right. it. Facebook is incredible
0: for it. So here's what I find interesting because I've I've seen, Ohad, you've talked about this a couple times with True Accord, right? On the debt collection side and what Uh you do, how the traditional players suck at using data like that. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, because your results you see are so much better, which is amazing to me with True Accord. So interestingly... And by the way, this isn't a plug, by the way. It's just he's really good and I...
5: Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and he looks like my
0: uncle, David, who I love. So with
3: more hair.
4: Yeah, David. Yeah. So, interestingly, we don't really use data off of Facebook or anywhere else. Because we work with banks, it's so highly regulated, fair lending, you name it. There's a bunch of stuff you can't use. Everything is focused on behavior and how consumers behave on our platform. Um, but we do use those tactics, right? So if you don't, you don't like the, the pixel that tracks whether you open the email and stuff (laughs) like that, then obviously we use that. But yeah, it's a lot of, a lot about behavior because specifically in the distressed debt area, uh, consumers, there's this big gap between revealed and declared preference. Like what the consumer is going to tell you they want to do or they want of you is not what they really want and really not really how they behave. We've had consumers complain, I don't like your content. I don't know why anyone would pay you. In the screen after they made the payment.
0: <laughs> okay, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> well, we we've, we've talked about that at Eleven FS, they right? The Where it's the it's the famous Steve Jobs. If you ask the customer, build me a better horse, sure. right? The old Henry Ford story. But Dan, I mean, you took a company. Sofi did okay and still doing quite well, right? Yeah, and and it was the same thing, right? I mean, um, how you build that out and who you targeted, because you guys were rather specific and kind of who your target segment was, At right?
2: the beginning, yeah. And then that was, you know, we were lending money and we only had so much money to lend. So uh, we couldn't lend to everyone. And we thought in terms of the marketing message and the general messaging of the company, it was easier to target that at specific groups of people. So at the beginning, we were student loan refinancing. We went for the MBA crowd. Um, at the beginning, from particular schools, that was as much a function of lack of money to lend than, than anything else. And then the, the the universe expanded to the point now where it, it's extremely wide, every state, every, every um, you know, every city around the country. But it was it was a very useful beginning to to know who you were targeting. And right. uh, and coming back to Facebook, companies like that they they allowed us to to target in that way.
0: So here's what I think is funny, and this will be our last segment before we jump to a break, because Ollie made some killer chili, and oh we can God, smell it, and if we don't so eat that good, chili, yeah. it's killing so, <laughs> so the last the last Facebook story, and we'll get off of this topic, but this one I find very interesting. So uh, Will CNN, anyone
1: else find it interesting? Yes. yes. Okay. Our audience will love this. That's important.
0: For at least a year, the biggest page on Facebook purporting to be part of the Black Lives Matter movement was a scam with ties to a middle-aged white man in Australia,
1: Australia.
0: yeah <laughs> wow. it's just it's just killing me CNN reported this wow. the page simply titled Black Lives Matter had almost 700,000 followers on Facebook more than twice as many as the official Black Lives Matter page wow. it was tied to online fundraisers that brought in at least 100 grand that supposedly went to Black Lives Matter causes in the US Oh, my God. So we're talking – I mean, let's put that in a little bit into perspective, right? So one, do we need Congress to come in? And the, the whole thing today, right, about regulation. Yeah. Um, I, I do get terrified of folks that have no clue what they're doing to come in and put rules in. And yet, bullshit like this happens that does impact people. I mean, how, you, how do you strike that balance? I don't have a good answer, by the way. I'm not a politician. But I do find this – do I think that – this is me personally going there – Do I think that um, Russia and other folks came in to try to target people? Yes. Do I think people are stupid for not fact-checking things and personal responsibility, to your point, John? Yes. It takes no time to do that. But for something like this, this story, I'm not sure how you would have dug enough to figure out that it's some dude sitting on a ranch in Australia.
2: Yeah, I I think it's scary. Um, but. And I think Zuckerberg today said, I think maybe for the first time that they are responsible for the content rather yeah, than just the did. platform. I didn't but, see that. And that's a big step because mm-hmm. I don't no. really know how they police that content. Like, how do you prove that someone he is who they said artificial
1: intelligence served. about a
2: hundred times. But yeah. I heard that,
0: uh, but I thought he also said today or someone else said it's another five to 10 years before yeah, it's going to He said, said he's, building,
1: he's building it. They don't have it yet. It's a bunch of animation. Uh, so, it's in, process, in the it's, process. It's not like True Accord, which has real machine yeah, learning, exactly. by the way. Uh, this, these, they're light years behind, but but uh, but nevertheless, go ahead.
2: No, it's 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 difficult, and and when you get to people's opinions and whether something's true or not, you know, the whole fake news thing over the last year or two. How, who do you know? Who do you believe? How do you know who? Do you and believe just not, not
0: the U.S. Right? Of course, the UK. E- everything, Thank everything, for everything. Uh, I
1: think Facebook is a scapegoat. I
0: mean, oh, by raising hands, everybody in the house right now. I'm curious on this. How many think Facebook is a scapegoat? I know Mark's like making a face. I got a lot of hands going up. I know, I know,
1: I'm sorry. I I, think, I'm not I raising think my hand. I, I think it's easy, it's easy to blame that. Just like it's easy to blame Fox News for believing that Trump is the hottest shit ever. Like, like if that's all you're gonna watch, then of course your mind's gonna be affected. Now the question is, you know, is Facebook going after 12-year-old people to purposefully control, you know, what mid what teenagers might think. No, they're not necessarily doing that. No, they're stupid. Yes, I agree. In many ways, they're not necessarily following what they, you know, proper, maybe the way that they're, uh, there's a moral sort of compass that might be lost a little bit. But at the same time, guys, we live, right now, what we're coming to is this like, we're growing up as teenagers as a, as the, you know, as a country. And we're accepting the fact that, oh my gosh, maybe what my parents told me, maybe my dad didn't know exactly where the water went whenever I flushed the toilet, Right. Like these questions that, that I is asked the
0: weirdest like, analogy I have ever heard. on show. <laughs> no, I love
1: that. I love that. But, but that's what I mean. Like, like, it was just, you know, maybe, maybe actually we've been making this shit up as we've gone along. Now that I do this believe. whole time. Yeah. And we're sitting here going, oh, crap. Actually, this is way bigger than an app on a phone. And I think that's that's really like what I saw today is people just realizing, including Mark, including realizing, wow, oh, shit, I'm actually sitting in front of Congress and being asked some serious questions. This isn't the last 12 times when I was kind of slapped on the wrist. So here's,
0: here's what I like the most about doing this show. All right, and, and I do mean that. And how many podcasts have we done, Ollie? Now of this episodes, two hundred plus at this point.
1: Way too many. shut this off.
0: Two hundred and one <laughs> of this. What I like is is actually getting the chance to sit down with folks that, in my opinion, are trying to solve a real problem that haven't that have been ignored. Right, we've coasted. Let's be honest. Right, and within our industry, we've coasted for a while. So the, the true accords, the C notes, the sofis, the black text, Kasasa is coming in and putting those in, That's trying true. to solve actual problems right and attacking something and not creating a dog a dog walking app right not that there's anything wrong with the dog walking app but come on right and and on that little soliloquy, i how do you say that word soliloquy yes Wops. on that note I have a need for chili so we're gonna throw to our sponsors Let's go. and we'll be back. There you go
2: we wanted to let you know that if you love this show how about seeing it live We're going to be at Money 2020 Europe in Amsterdam this June and we're bringing Fintech Insider live with us. We'll be bringing the podcast to the main stage right before the drinks reception and you can be there. Sign up for tickets now. Go to europe.money2020.com forward slash register and use discount code 1811FS. That's 1811FS to get 200 euros off the ticket price.
0: Welcome back. As a reminder, FinTech Insider is brought to you by 11FS. We build digital products and services for clients big and small. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us at 11FS.com. Connect with us on Twitter at 11FS team or drop us an email at hello at 11FS.com. Now on with the show. Um, so we're going to ship off of Facebook. We took the first part of the show kind of really focused in, which made sense because of the massive story uh, today, but what was also a pretty big story was um, this was equal payday actually, April 10th. Um, actually, I, I didn't know this. April, uh, Equal Pay Day was founded, I think, in 1996. So it's not something that's new. It's been around for a while. But I think for the most part, probably ignored, right? Um, I think that's safe to say. But with everything that's happened over, I think, the past year, it's easy to say with Me Too and God, take your pick, um, Weinstein and God, everybody else. I think it definitely came to the forefront. So there's a pretty interesting study um, that came out around. They did a gender scorecard for some of the major companies got um, um rated on this, and actually, Yulia, Yulia, you pointed this out to me, and I thought, you know, what? It's funny because I did not put this story in. So thank you one oh, for putting yes, it in, of course. And two, I do. I think this is interesting because you've been in this industry for a while. You're, you, you know, I think actually in your bio you talk about you've been on Wall Street
3: for what, ten years. sweet
0: yeah, for a decade, right? Um, I'm old. So how frustrating of an issue is this? I, I'll throw that out there because. Honestly, I mean, when you look at this, have you seen the disparity?
3: Um, I've seen the disparity, but also I think I've seen the disparity. I just didn't really feel empowered to do anything about it. Um, And I'm kind of interested what I would have done right now if I've you know, if I've seen these results and if I've, you know, seen everything that happened over the last, you know, year um, and actually how women actually think about it right now, right? Just because I think, I think what people say often is it's, it's one, again, it's corporate responsibility, right? To, to make sure that women and minorities and everyone else get exactly the same opportunities. They, they get people in the pool and et cetera, but it's also, you know, us asking, right? We all know that men, you know, ask for much more, and if you ask for more, you receive more. And women, you know, we just don't ask for as much, and that's why you know you don't receive as much because if you're not asked, you know, if you don't ask, you're not going to receive.
0: So I'm curious, Dan, with Sofi, when you were putting the team together, because you went through some pretty rapid growth, right? Yeah. With Talent and building. How how big is Sofi now,
2: employee wise? <laughs> I know you're not there. I left in, in June. It was about 1,200 people. I, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a couple or a few hundred bigger than that. Um, but just building on what Julia said, we at SoFi, we are very conscious of um, trying to help our members, our customers with their careers. And we did something called Raise Week, where we were basically empowering people to give them the tools to ask for a raise. People are very nervous about asking for a raise. And I do think that there is a bit of a male-female divide in terms of how like aggressive people are asking for this stuff. So we had a week where we were trying to empower people and give them the information and, and make them ask that question. And it was a huge success. And I, th- I think so- it's not the only thing, but one thing is, ask for a raise, like try and find out your value and, and try and make it happen. And, so and that's tough, but you should try.
0: Yeah, I've been, I've been in the industry a while now, right? been doing this. Um, and so I've been in the management role for quite a while. And it is I, it reflecting on, this, that's something I think about, but I can remember when I was in England, I had um, a younger lady who was on my team that I hired, who was brilliant. I mean, um, loved her to death. She was fantastic. And it was funny because I remember her coming to me and saying, hey, I want to apply for this role within the company. But I'm not sure I could do it. And what's funny, and in, in, yeah, and in you're you're your smiling, Yulia, because know, that idea—I've never had a, a a young man that I was mentoring come up to me and said, "You know, I'm doubting myself. I don't know. I don't know if it's the bro. You know, if it's just how we think." And this wasn't in the U.S. This was in the U.K. Right? And but, but came to me, and I'm like, "Oh my God, you are so overly qualified. You're one of the best analysts I've ever seen. You know, you you have. And it's not that she didn't believe in herself, but that little bit of doubt played there." And divine I'm going to be honest one thing that's interesting about the about 11FS we're going through a massive growth spurt. So we just celebrated our 2 year birthday I think on April 5th Ollie is that Congrats. right? Congrats. We're 2 years old April 5th remember right. We're we're at over 80 employees now and we're we're talking about opening offices in you know in lot. multiple continents and so we're going through a massive growth in a short time. But and this is an honest statement when you look at our website and you look at who we are the one thing that is striking to me, and I've told our, our head of HR, Sophie, who's fantastic, but I said, it is rather interesting. Because we're one white-ass looking company. And I don't mean that mean, but it is, you know? There's, there's the
1: a lot of guys. I've noticed it I've noticed
3: Yes, I went, up, the I went under every it's single woman man. and actually even saw what woman is doing. Because yeah. I think we, like, tend to put women, oh, they can be designers, which you have guys in your team oh, and systems yes. and et cetera. But it's true. Ex- No, absolutely. HR, exactly.
0: right? But I, one, I work this is the greatest company I personally have ever worked for, and i worked for global powerhouses, and I love 11FS, but I've told Sophie when we talked about this, who heads up our HR, she came from Revolut, I think, yeah. if I remember right, I told Sophie as we're building out the team in the US, one of my own chief goals is to really look at this from a. From a, I don't want it to look like it does today, right? I mean, and, and, and it's also not easy, Dan, by the way, I don't think it is an yeah. easy thing to do because we we hammer on, you want the best talent, right? And yeah, I,
2: and you do. I remember at the be- uh, two years into SoFi, we were trying to sell to a partner, and they made the same comment. They said, "I've just been to your website; it's all guys there, or <laughs> well, nearly all guys there." So yeah,
5: it has to be diverse, man. Some inclusion is necessary.
2: I mean, it is right. I mean, um, who's Tom Peters? So I got
0: the um, I had the opportunity for my connection interrupted podcast. <laughs> That was a great segue. So for our other podcast. It wasn't
1: a segue. It wasn't a a segue. You are the guy who's narrating everything. (laughs) So you have notes. You're reading Tom Peters right now. It's a wonderful
0: (laughs) podcast. But I had the opportunity, Tom Peters, who's been writing management books since 1982, which I find amazing, right? But he actually says something I really agree with. He says, if you're bored... When you look at it and pull it together, doesn't reflect your customer base. <laughs> it's bullshit. And if your board, and it's Chris Skinner, who does a lot with this, and is part of 11FS team, talks about this. When you look at bank boards, it's just a bunch of old white guys sitting around. And if your board doesn't reflect who your customer base is, there's something wrong, right?
5: It's, it's a yeah. Well, you
0: got this challenge, Devon, because you're, you're building out a company, right? I mean, and you've got, I mean, you've moved to Silicon Valley. If you've left Brooklyn to come here yeah. to get up a company who's going to be very focused within a specific community and a specific segment, Absolutely. right?
5: You have to represent that community.
0: So how are you pulling your board together? Who, who, How are you looking to bring in folks? Because, I mean, one, one of your chief mentors is Ben Horowitz, yeah. who you would think is completely the opposite of you. And by the way, he's not. That's what's so funny. <laughs> can, you, can you take a minute? Tell that story of how you met Ben, if you don't mind.
5: All right, real quick. Um, I was incarcerated. Um, Wanted to change my life 100% dissatisfied. I lived a um, criminal lifestyle, you know. Um, engaged in legal activity for a long time. Just wanted to change. Said I'm gonna I'm become a serial entrepreneur. I always had entrepreneurial thinking. It Was just raw. It, I never had any formal edu- formal, formal education, or entrepreneurship. or started building, and I was like, "I want to, I want to do this. I want to try." I'm reading. I'm started reading Inc. I'm reading um, Entrepreneur, and then um, I came across this uh, article about Ben, and I was intrigued the fact that he, being who he was, he loved hip hop music. So I was like, yo, I'm gonna reach out to him when I when I get when I get out, because I learned he was philanthropic. So I was like, yo, I'm gonna reach out to him, tell him my life story, and see if he'll invest in my music company. So two years passed, I ended up doing um, because a hip hop rap recording artist, did a Kickstarter, had that going. Um, was still dibbling, dabbling a little in the streets, wanted to really get out of it. I happened to see him on TV, did some research, found out, you know, he's friends with Mark Zuckerberg, friends with Nas. First thing I said when I saw Nas, I was like, yo, Nas beat me to it. But you know, at least it's Nas, right? Can't complain. Um, so then, the next, so the next thing I was like, um, I, I see he had a book. He had a book out. He had a blog. Went to his blog. Read this story called "The Legend of the Blind MC." Really, really compelled me to reach out to him, and I connected with his spirit because I read other blogs of his with the proceeds of his if his book was going to women in the struggle in Africa, and I really identified with that. And I was like, Yo, this this brother is serious. And this is before I knew his wife was African American, straight out of Compton. Oh you know she,
0: Felicia Horowitz Felicia's is out of, out of Compton. Oh, that's funny. I didn't and, and, know
5: that. and she's the first I mean, in her family to go to college, so it was, it was real interesting that whole dynamic. I'm like, yo, this is this is crazy. So I was compelled to reach out to him, reached out to him on Twitter, told him my life story, but instead of asking for money, I said, yo, will you mentor me?
0: You know what? You're in her whole story, and it actually gets back to John what you were talking about with Facebook is that that level of personal responsibility to take that step. Um, but I also think as senior leaders. Within, and I'm 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 not going to say fintech. I actually I hate the word fintech, which is rather sad because our podcast is called Fintech Insider. But it's such <laughs> it's tech, right? I mean, I, I really as good as tech. But as as leaders and as every single person in this flat right now, right? We have so many company founders. We have you know chief innovation officers. We we have that responsibility to look for talent, but also look for folks. That, that have the capability, right? Or, or did you mentor and bring up? Because, exactly. Devon, your background exactly. had nothing to do with, with payments. had nothing I was, to do with yeah, this. I was
5: so far I moved from technology, to, period. I mean, I use technology to make music. But look where you're at now. But it was subjective. It was never objective until yeah. I met Ben. I meet Ben, I'm like, I'm at his crib, like, yo, tech did this? <laughs> I know. That's Okay. But,
0: but look at the, the life-changing <clears throat> you know, yeah. component of that. And, and Yulia, the same with Sino, right? And what you're doing and how you, you target, Right. Um, And same with Casasa. I mean, actually, as much as I love to make fun of it, because I do love to make fun of Casasa and John. It's funny. But it's still, right? It's it's looking at at the credit unions and the banks and saying you can, I don't know if it's a level playing field, but the opportunity to go after a Bank of America customers, right? And, And provide real products that really work for real people.
1: We enjoy the shit out of it.
0: Turns out, turns it's out,
1: fun. turns out you can, I mean, I, you know, you knocked fintech and honestly, I'm a little hurt of around that. Uh, I think, I think fintech ops actually has offered a lot of opportunity to, you know, way beyond, you know, traditional banking. And that's, that's what, you know, um, when we started in, uh, 2000, Fourteen years ago, however long ago that was, I not math either. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, yeah, I mean the, the the point is essentially, you know, these these smaller banks and credit unions do support uh, underprivileged communities, places yeah. that unfortunately, you know, most big banks pulled out of 20, 25 years ago yeah. because they just, they, you know, and then and then even more so lately, they, you know, everyone loves to talk about oh fintechs killing branches and all this stuff. You know what also sucks. Is that when those branches leave, oftentimes those communities don't have a place to go. You know, I mean, it, it, so, so it's interesting how you have to kind of, you have to watch, okay, the digital inclusion side as much as, okay, you know, maybe there needs to be a physical, yeah, it's physical the, presence to the the balance well. of both. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, and one thing I find also fascinating talking to folks like you, Dan, you and I had a conversation on the phone, I think one time when we were talking about SoFi in the early days. Mm-hmm. And I I think we were talking when you guys came up with a concept, and you're like, I can't believe a bank isn't doing this. And I think they would call you and say, can we come in and watch what you're doing? You
2: made a comment about that. Well, the point about us not believing that no one was doing it already was was a real one. It it was almost too obvious. Everyone was paying 8% on their student loans, and many of these people are now working in great jobs, great salaries, um, good potential, and they should be paying less. And, yeah, we almost didn't start the business because people – kind of told us that the, if if it was that easy, someone would have done it.
1: Right. I, <laughs> I, it said, said,
3: I bet they get it said it's a great. ton of
2: times. <laughs>
0: and I'm also wondering, and I've, I've read a study earlier, and this one I'm, I'm curious about is I have read where I, I know that VC funding is so upside down, especially when it comes to women and in minorities, right? Absolutely. Oh, my God, if you're a minority woman too, you know, I think it even drops yeah. even more.
5: 91%. Less than one percent, I believe.
3: Yeah, we um, this goes uh, this goes uh, back to uh, the diversity in the company. You know, we really believe that you can't really build the products for someone that who you're not, right? So, right. It, I think this is the best argument to have diversity in the company because if you want to capture the bigger market, you need to have that represented within your company. And for us, when, going to your point about VCs, I think a lot of people when they look at us, you're like you. You are two women in finance who wants to build a fintech company. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. what are you doing? Like, who are you? People just did not believe us Maybe because, yeah, well, but because also like this is not something that really happening, right? Like, you no. don't typically don't see women building the products because women. You know, women have never held that much wealth. And so women have never yeah, been really that. looked at, oh, like, you know, you could be my client. It's typically white male. And so who built the products? White male. Again, nothing against white male, but this is typically so what you've seen in the financial industry. Right. And now they start waking up because now, you know, women, I think the statistics is, you know, they do hold, you know, majority of investable assets, you know, whatever they defined. You know, millennials are coming in. And so sure. now a lot of the financial institutions find themselves like, oh, like, now we kind of like have to to watch to that trend, but then we don't really have anyone to, to build it. Or, you know, if you don't have technology, you're not just going set up to do that.
0: Here's, here's what I would say on this topic. Um, and again, as someone who has played management roles throughout his, his career in the financial services space, and I encourage every listener, I think one of the most important things to do is to be an active mentor to other people. Um, and divine your story with Ben Horowitz, right? Yeah. I mean, literally, and you've talked about this, you know, going from, um, dealing crack and, and, and being in prison and, and through that cycle to, I mean, you, you moved to Silicon Valley, right. right? The opportunity to do that. And you were actually were introduced to me through, through, um, Scarlet. through, through Scarlett, Scarlet, Scarlet, right? Scarlet, yeah. Um, it was with usa now, yeah. the yeah. Invasion Team.
5: I, I met with her in New York. She believed in me, man, believed what I was trying to do. I mean, if you look at what I'm trying to do, man, these are, these are, these are, High level aspirations, right? Yeah, I'm not somebody with the Harvard, I'm not somebody with the Yale, I'm just learning fintech, the basics of it. Started out with the prepaid debit card space, learning that. Um, I'm still figuring out cryptocurrencies and blockchain and all that, you know. So,
0: well, here's here's what I would say, right? And 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 as much crap as I love to give to John, um, <laughs> but one of the things John does, to you are an active um uh, mentor. So, I mean, for example. I mentor um,
1: you. Well,
0: yeah, but, but, but you've done work, you've done work with Bank Innovation, right? The program they have. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's I've true. actually, he doesn't know this, but I dialed into the webinar. I hate, oh my God, I, I can't believe I did that. I was bored. There was nothing on TV, <laughs> but you do. You, you take the time to mentor the folks that are coming up and, and as much crap as I like to give them. Your yeah. book is actually built, I think parts of that book are structured around quit doubting yourself. And that's at a company level or credit yeah. union and bank. You can compete just because you're not Chase or Bank of America. And there's nothing wrong with being them, but you know what I mean.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean we we do we do everything we can. Thank you for saying that. We do uh, we do everything we can to try to make sure. And you know, internally as well. I mean we we start off the discussion talking about you know women and and. In fintech, and I mean, you had an amazing series, Sam. Uh, uh, that um, that just really kind of explored that that topic pretty deep. I don't know how many people you interviewed for that. I lost count. Fifty, yeah, sixty. Uh, but um, uh, you know, we we at, at our company, there is a lot of you know. We we try to take as much corporate responsibility as we can. To ensure that we have a diverse culture. I mean, one of the challenges you have, you know, whether it's SoFi or any, any company in FinTech in U.S. in particular is you're exactly right. We, we have a lot of old white guys who have been in banking and, and, you know, and that, yeah, for centuries. And, and, you know, and so now it is exciting because there are, to your point, there are a lot more millennials who are literally going to school for saying, how do I, how do I change this? You know, what do I do? Not just for banking, but technology, you know, what, you know, I want to get into this space. And so, um, so it is an exciting time right now to be able to, um, to change the makeup of, of an organization. So here's what I
0: find interesting. Cause in, in divine, we could take your story, right? Um, for example, it's, it's taking that first step in reaching out. Right. Um and, and, and looking for those folks that that, that um have had success in the space. Dan and, and some of our phone calls and a conversation, since you've um, um kind of gone and, and and taken a step and I don't want to call it retired because God, you're <laughs> so, not that old. But <laughs> taking a little bit of time off. Of, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's but part of your time off is you're mentoring companies. I yeah. mean you talk about this.
2: And that's the fun thing. And um, yeah. I would still respond to those kind of emails when I was at SoFi, but now I have more time. So one piece of advice to people out there is ask the questions like, you know. Don't be afraid to ask. You right? know, Divine made the request and, and it's worked out well. Yeah, But, yeah. but t- take, take a chance. Um, <laughs> you may not get a response from everybody, but some people may
5: respond, so. You know what's interesting is that a lot of people look at my story and they're like, okay. And they say, yo, he was courageous. You you speak out to Ben like that? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. It was well, Twitter. I, you yeah, said well, I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course I did. I mean, why wouldn't I do that? I mean, come on. I'm looking for opportunity an opportunity to change my life. And that's what I had envisioned in prison. But what people really look over with my story is that the fact that I thought about it before, I, before it even happened, I said, I'm going to reach out to this guy. I want him to change my life. And you researched I want, him. I did, you read I an article.
0: Yeah, you read an article. I think yeah. it was an entrepreneur magazine. Exactly. And got and, and, his and,
5: Wikipedia page sent in yeah. to me, Learning was philanthropic. I said, that's my key. He loves hip hop. He's philanthropic. Those are my touch points. So here's what
0: I would tell listeners, right? We were like, yeah, that's great, but it won't work for me, right? And talking about reaching out. So we we do, man, we do a lot of interviews with, with, with um, 11FS and FinTech Insider and, and each of these. And when I do the the connection interrupted because it's mine. But as part of that interview series, what I constantly get is, oh my God, you did your, you know, you know a lot. You did your homework, and I'm like, actually, it's not that hard because there's this thing called Google and maybe Facebook (laughs) that holds a shitload of data about you. Exactly. But taking this room is a prime example of it. All right, because honestly, and, and Michael has some video of this. When you look around for the folks that are in this room, there's only a few that I've actually met in in real life. Right, John and I. We, we first connected on Twitter, right? And, and, and knew about each other. We're well, going to go with that story. All right. Uh, swipe right. But, yeah.
5: but we we knew
0: each other digitally well before we ever met, right? Mark, same thing, right? Uh, Divine. Same thing. Um, Dan, right? Uh, Dan, I'm, Yulia's here today because Dan reached out to her, I think on Twitter. Yep. And, and said, hey, we're doing a thing tonight. Can you come and be part of this? It's, it's taking that step. So I will say this. I don't care if you're a... Um, a young black kid just coming out of school if you're a young woman that's doing this if you're 51 years old like me and and looking to there's it's never a time that it's too late to take that step and try
5: that's technology man if you look at technology technology has accelerated a paradigm shift in every industry globally every industry every aspect of life societal aspect of life we talk about Facebook talk about these other social um, network platforms I mean if you look at it, before this there's no barrier like the gatekeepers it's, it's, it's dissipating.
0: It's funny because we started this whole conversation talking about Mark Zuckerberg going before Congress and to get his ass ripped. And here we are coming full circle to talk about the power yeah. of social and technology and what it can do to change lives. We had all these other stories planned and yet equal pay day just didn't shift there. Now that said, there's still a, there's way too much disparity when it comes to pay, when it comes to opportunities. But mm-hmm. I think it's folks like y'all in the room. And folks that listen that can take those steps to help just knock the crap off. I think it's a nice way to to put it, right? We can we can do so much better. And what encouraged me, again, is folks like you that is doing this. And what's funny is we've run out of time talking on one topic, but an important one. And I'm glad that we spent the time doing that. What I do want to do, since we talked about this, is folks, if you want to reach out and actually contact some of these, I'm working my way around the room real quick. Dan, if listeners wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way?
2: Twitter's best, at
0: Matt Clinton, Dan. Yulia, at CNote. What's the best way to get in touch with you?
3: Twitter um, at GoCNote.
2: Divine?
5: Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, Divine Fourth Letter, D I V I N E, the number four, T H letter, and uh, Black Fintech, B L A K Fintech.
0: And Connection Interrupted, one of the best interviews personally, I think. Um, one of the most fun I had doing an interview was that. And John? There's
1: something. I'm just thinking about why I wasn't on Connection Interrupted right now. Oh, gosh. Like, I shit. interviewed you for that other podcast. So, anyways, go on. At, you know, Twitter, at Wapsh, W-A-U-P-S-H. And one more plug for the book, Ruption. Damn it, we didn't hit 12. Yeah,
0: it is well worth the read. It really is. Um, for everybody, I want to thank you. This has been a really fun show. We have so enjoyed our time in San Francisco. This is going to wrap up another new show for this week. We want to thank every single one of our guests. As always, if you like what you heard this week, come and talk to us at Fintech Insiders on Twitter or podcast at 11FS.com. If you want to send us an email, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Please leave us a review on iTunes, five stars. It really helps. And thank you for listening. There you go, guys. So, right. I, a, I like that second